American corn farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Get ready, sports fans, because the Row Report starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rao Report. I'm your host, Christian Rao, and we have a great episode with you today. The New York Yankees. We're talking about the Brox Bombers for our 30-team preview. I got Julian Galarty here. He is the COO of Grunt Talks MLB. You can find that on Grunt Talks MLB and find Julian at Julian Galarty 1. Julian, what's going on, man? It's been way too long. How you doing? Yeah, it's been a long time. Wish we could have grabbed Bobby again today. Um, everyone check his football content out. B. Thompson 81. I'll do that for him. And um, yeah. But we'll get him in the future. Maybe we'll have you come on our show. And uh, things have been really busy. But other than that, just this lockout, trying to keep myself busy, ready to go. We'll come back. Um, told you about some minor league stuff beforehand. I'm flying down to Florida tomorrow. Uh, hopefully I can get to the minors next week because it doesn't look like we're getting baseball back too soon, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. And yeah, shout out to Bobby Thompson. He came on with the show with Julian last year when we did our third team 30 preview. Huge fan of Bobby. If you are an NFL fan in any way, shape or form, give him a follow. Um, Julian, give his uh, his tag one more time. What was it? B Thompson? Yeah, it's B Thompson 81. That's his B. Twitter. Thompson, 81. That's how you guys find him on Twitter. He is. He is. There was a lot of things that he broke during uh, the free agency and the playoffs and things before you saw it from other guys. So if you want to know you are a true NFL fan. Follow Bobby Thompson, I'm telling you. He broke two Giants moves with the GM and the head coach, and uh, now our time is getting very fun because he's doing the combine stuff now, NFL draft, free agency, so it's a big time for him, and that's a nice way to fill the void with all this baseball nonsense, so I'm going to try to help him more with that as well. I even told him, I'm like, look, I'm here to do this more now because we got to fill this content and everything, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. But Julian, hey, let's talk about the worst thing in the world right now. We're not going to have baseball at the date that we thought we're going to. We're not having baseball in March. We're not going to have it March 31st. Opening day is not going to happen. Hopefully we have it Jackie Robinson Day. But we got this crappy lockout right now because of Rob Manfred and the owners and the players not agreeing. It's just it, we were in a Twitter space. You were running the Twitter space on what was that Thursday night? We were up till uh, 2:30 in the morning. Monday was the hype. We thought we were getting that deal back. Monday, Monday night, was yeah. a crazy day. Oh my god, it was insane, absolutely insane. You were running the, a Twitter space, and we were following out of all people, Julian. We were following Bob Nightingale, hoping <laughs> that he was right, and he was. I mean, we had faith. Instead of him bringing us a, a, a deal on Tuesday morning, he brought his fans a bag of bagels. So it wasn't exactly what we were expecting. But, hey, 
Julian, what do you think about this lockout so far? It's an absolute mess, and I mean, the thing, I'm not even going to actually kill Nightingale here, because, like, it was MLB, it was MLB oh, yeah. propaganda here, like, I don't really think oh. it's on him, like, he was being told this stuff, they made it appear like that it was going to happen, um, the Miguel Rojas came out, and he's like, no, this was not happening, they're trying to spin it this way, we had him on too, so I thought that was interesting, uh, but yeah, it was not a good look, they tried to make it seem like it was close, the only thing I will say is that they at least came closer to what we were hearing, like, beforehand, like, they did make a move. It just wasn't substantial enough still. Yeah, that's true. They did say they were making a move. It just wasn't substantial as we thought. It sounded The way that they made it sound like on Monday night, though, is that they were seconds away from making that deal happen. I know. And then when they made the delay and then they came back and said they have a different tone now, you could tell it was just all leverage move. I think mm -hmm. I, I've been saying that on Twitter all week now. I think I commented on, on a couple uh, people's status. I think one of the Grunt Talk tweets as well. That it's just all it's been all about leverage. That's what it's exactly been yeah. about. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. It's a power struggle. And I think Chelsea James, who's been doing a great job with this, cautions us. As soon as it was over, she was like one of the first people to say, She's like, Don't think this is dumb. She's like, Everything could change tomorrow. She's like, It's not a slam dunk. She's like, Be careful, like what could happen. Like, so she was on the real take spin with that. She had it quite a jump. So I guess she was using her brain a little bit more than other people, maybe for lack of a better term, but like she had the feel that it wasn't going to really happen. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, hopefully it does happen sooner than later because we need baseball. As of right now, they have canceled two series that has not changed in the last couple episodes if you've been listening. So hopefully that does change. Maybe we get some help over the weekend. We'll see. Right now, we do not know when the next time they are meeting, though. There hasn't yes. Been so here's the thing. I mean, we're going to lose at least two series. We're not getting those back. So you're already down to like 154 around 156, whatever you want to call it, at least. They're not going to do the whole nonsense with the doubleheaders and the seven innings again. No one wants that. So they, I think both sides agree. I'm, I'm, I suppose, I think the players, are one, they agree not to do that somehow. So that's not going to happen. Um, they met today, like we were talking about, it was like two of the player reps and two of the league reps. They met for 90 minutes. They're trying to figure out when the next meeting is. Nothing's been confirmed yet. Nothing's changed or no offers proposed. So it's a waiting game still for now. I would guess like maybe tomorrow or early next week, we at least would have to see some sort of meeting. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's not pick this entire episode on the lockout even though we can we could complain about it probably for hours you and you and i because we know that we just want baseball back as of right now i'm guessing maybe april 7th is what they're talking about for an opening day start could get shifted maybe like you said a jackie robinson day some people experts think may 1st but yeah we'll see how that goes i'm in the may 1st camp more because the one thing people need to know and i think you know this too it's all about the tv money and that's like the 25 days it's like when they lose more than that, then it becomes a problem with TV. So that's why everyone's saying that late April, early May could make sense. The only problem with that is you're going to combat the NFL draft now, too. And then you have all these playoffs going off. It's just a terrible look for baseball. Hopefully they get it off by Jackie Robinson Day, though, like you said. I agree. And I hope that is the case, too. We don't need to battle with the playoffs as any more than we already do. But, Julian, let's go ahead and actually have the conversation of why we are here. Uh, we're here to talk about the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees had a fantastic season last year. Obviously not the season that the Yankees always look for. Obviously a World Series championship, something that the Yankees are very known to well do. Uh, but it hasn't seemed to happen under Aaron Boone. 2021 was a great season, though, um, from an outside perspective looking in. 
but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Take us back to 2021 for the Yankees. Well, you know, I'm actually doing a series right now in the top 10 games. So I've been really, uh, the, actually, these are just the ones I went to. I was doing I, I did a lot <laughs> last year, but like it was a roller coaster. It made me think of all these high moments, even in, even though it was a frustrating season, I did think about a lot of good things. There's a lot of mix of bad things. You know, yesterday I talked to Lakey. We'll get to that more later. He was even saying, he's like, you know, we wanted to do a little bit better. He's like, we were close, but we had to like execute better. Like, there was a lot of close games. And he's like, we were like, we want more blowouts. He's like, yeah, I hope those guys hit better. <laughs> I hope they do a little better so we can win like 10 to two and like get all do well. And like, I was like, yeah, but I think it was, um, they didn't meet expectations at the end of the day. The Yankees aren't supposed to go to a one-game playoff and lose. I mean, they could have had the game at home. They blew a lot of games. Overall, I wasn't too happy with it, but from the standpoint of how they started and finished, I could see how it was could have been viewed successful because they didn't get off to a good start. They went up and down. They did make the playoffs. They had a lot of injuries. They added Gallo, added Rizzo, but... It just didn't all click. Garrett Cole was also banged up down the stretch, too. So, like, it just wasn't all there. I mean, most Yankee fans were disappointed, honestly. You bring up Gallo and Rizzo. Gallo is, was a great trade piece. It looks like he's still going to be on your team this year. Um, you know, there was a lot of funny things that happened with the LinkedIn with the shift. That was hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of conversations going on with the shift. But Anthony Rizzo, right now, he's a free agent. There might be a conversation he comes back if the lockout happens. But, yeah, these additions were really good. You know, but let's talk about Joey Gallo. He's you know, going to be on your team this season. What do you think about him? He has a big potential to have a great season for a full year in pinstripes. Yeah, I think a lot of things with Gallo, it's like a lot of people look at the strikeouts and they say he's not a good player. I don't agree with that. I mean, last year he was bad for them, though. You can't disagree with that. Although he did come up huge. He won like three or five games when the one without him. Despite how bad he was, there was a lot of lows, but he did show up in some pretty big moments. The defense was very good, except for a few miscues. He is a great outfielder out there. That's going to be, that's what Lucas was saying as well. He's like, he, he's a great guy out there. Like, I'm happy we have him and everything. Uh, I think he robbed a homer from or something he was saying, but like, uh, Gallo's going to be solid. I think the full year in pinstripes is going to be good for him uh last year was like a culture shock to him i know he wants to be a yankee too he grew up a yankees fan i think he may be may have been from this area at one point but um i mean the rangers stink and if he hits one bomb and strikes out three times no one cares but he hears the boo birds here if you strike out three times with a bomb because everyone wants you to do good with every at bat and there's more pressure on you he was like the guy in texas he could do nothing wrong down there but then he comes up here he's just another dude yeah. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's true. In New York media, it's one of the toughest ones, if not the toughest one. Uh, and Joey Gallo is seeing that. And so hopefully him getting a full year in pinstripes, basically getting the warm up last year and got that dust off. With the season he had last year, if he does very well this year, you see him maybe in the running of a possibility of comeback player of the year. You think it was that bad last year? Uh, I don't know if I would go that far with it because he played well with Texas. Unless if he just like, it's like, I don't know how, I'm not sure who another Kansas is on the top of my head. I'm trying to think yeah. if there, maybe does someone have a series? Well, Mike Trout, I guess in theory, because he didn't play and like they could do that one. But like, I guess he could be an outside job. If he really goes off. I mean, why not? It just like changes the narrative. It's always possible. So that's an interesting question. Yeah, that's something to keep in mind. I was, I was pondering that when you were talking. Um, but yeah, so 2021 Yankees, obviously not the World Series contender that they're looking to be. Uh, before we dig into it, do you think 2022 can be that difference for Aaron Boone? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things with Aaron Boone. I'm not the biggest fan, personally. He kind of irks me sometimes. But the players like him, and that's what matters. He's a player's guy for sure. 
Uh, I think there's also some misconceptions of how much control he has at certain times and what the front office decides with their lineups, apparently, you know. Heard there was like a bunch of different guys trying to put together the wild card lineup, which was an abomination to the injuries. There was Velasquez and Kyle Higakiosha in there. I mean, the top four was like the only power it had. It was really brutal at that point. But um, I think that Boone, it's a make or break for him. I know we got the extension, but we want to see him progress and start winning these playoff series. And that's something that we need to start to see happen more. And he needs to get deeper into the playoffs, go to a World Series, give us that championship we're looking for instead of just being one and done. We don't want to lose in the ALDS. We don't want to lose in the ALCS or the wild card. We want to go where we're supposed to go. Looking at uh, moving forward and trying to think about what we're going to see in 2022 for the Yankees, obviously a lot of things are going to change with trades and free agencies. And we could talk about that here at the very end, but there's a lot of contracts, a lot of, long-term, a lot of money contracts on the Yankees that um, you're either stuck with or have to find a way to get rid of if you wanted to, not saying you should by any means, but some of those guys in question, Garrett Cole, John Cartwell, Stanton, both have big contracts. They're going to be on the team this year. That's not going nowhere. Mm -hmm. Garrett Cole had a rough year last year. Um, is he going to come back to, to back to form that we're hoping for that we saw with the Astros and for year one of the Yankees? Yeah, I think that's something that I'm going to, expect from him. I really am. I think the sticky stuff was part of it, although we saw what he did against Houston, even without that, in that Dominic complete game before the All-Star game. Uh, I think the injury at the end was more of an issue than the sticky stuff. You could tell he was, like, compromised out there. Like, his things just didn't look right. The stuff wasn't as crisp as it normally was. The control wasn't there. He was laboring. He was walking guys. Like, we don't see him do that, really. And that playoff game, he threw a change up to Bogart that was just dreadful, and that just, like, set the tone. He gives him a bomb to Schwarber. He's gone after two innings, a complete disaster. And I still think overall, I mean, he was third in the AL Cy Young. It's not like he was terrible, but for his standards and how the season finished, we expect more, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, he wasn't terrible. I, so I should you know, make sure I do take that back. He wasn't absolutely terrible, but wasn't the standards that we're talking about here. We're talking New York Yankees Twitter here. Or, <laughs> we're talking New York Yankees baseball here. The expectations <laughs> well, a lot of talk on Twitter high. too with that. that so you're not off with that. That's true. The ERA I, was like five plus down the stretch, I think, in September. So the ending was terrible. There was no, and, the, and the playoff start was god-awful. So there is that, unfortunately. But I trust him to bounce back. I think he's going to be motivated whenever we get going. I think he's hearing all the noise. He's a quiet guy. He's not going to really talk much. But when push comes to shove, I still trust him more than anyone out there. And he's still one of the best pitchers in the league in the game. So I'm excited to see his redemption this year. You're getting a lot of action over on Grunt Talks MLB. You just had one star-studded pitcher yourself uh, in a nice interview. Let's talk about that rotation and the bullpen of the Yankees in 2022. And uh, I take it you just talked to a guy who's probably going to be on there. Yeah, we'll go with Lucas Lakey. Uh, it was a great interview. I've been talking to him for a while. We found, he got back to me recently. He's like, sorry, and Steve. I'm like, it's all good. Set it up. And now since this lockout's going on, the players are more accessible. They're willing to talk. I don't have to go through the team or anything. There's no technicalities. Like, I, we could get whoever we want as long as they're willing to come on. So that's one benefit of this. I'm going to keep pushing for that, try to get more, hopefully. But um, he was a great guest. Lakey said that he was very close to Chad Green, and he's shared a locker with, by Cortez and Green and that they all became very close last year. So the role this Chapman's an absolute specimen, wakes up at 7 in the morning and just starts <laughs> lifting and stuff, like how, how he throws so hard at everything. 
Um, and he said he was able to learn a lot. He, he also said Aaron Judge is the unquestioned leader. He's the guy that calls all the meetings and the conferences. Like, he's the one that speaks when, when everything's going on. So he's the de facto captain, as we like to call him. Wiki 100% confirmed that. And, and that bullpen, he said, the guys are ready. He's excited to see what happens. And the rotation, we didn't talk as much about. But he did say him and Nestor Cortez are very similar because they both got spring training invites last year. They're both lefties. They have some similar pitch mixes. They don't rely on velocity fully, although Cortez throws a touch faster than Wiki. But they were able to learn with each other a lot. He talks about Matt Blake helping his development with the pitching coach, uh, Mike Harkey, too. So... That's some stuff that's going on. And all, one thing I will say that he told me, and I think all Yankee fans agree with this and should like this, DJ LeMayhew is going to have a huge bounce back this year. He said LeMayhew was playing hurt almost the whole year. He said that he really expects him to turn it around this Ooh, year. I like that. I like to hear that. When the Yankees are good, baseball's good. Uh, whether if you're, you know, I'm sure that some people will argue against that comment. They will. Right? So, but I think that. Okay. It's uh, true. Little disclaimer, I grew up a Yankees fan. I no longer consider myself a Yankees fan. I grew up in Western New York, so I was born and raised a Yankees fan. I don't really consider myself a, really a fan of any team, uh, but um, I did grow up watching those early uh, 2000, late 1999 Yankees. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a team that made me love baseball. That's for sure. Yeah, well, we got to get you back in, man. Come on. Uh -oh. You're always going to come back <laughs> in. I mean... I know, I guess you maybe root for us more than other teams, at least. I'm sure you always want us to do somewhat well. But, um, yeah, Wiki, he, gave, he made me excited for the season. It was great to fill some time without this lockout. So, just makes me want to see it more now. But he's definitely gave me some good encouragement, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I stay up with the Yankees. My brother John is a huge Yankees fan. Uh, you, you and him would get along just fine. Uh, but, yeah, so we talk about the rotation. That rotation's going to be fun. Uh, absolutely, the bullpen. We know what the bullpen's going to bring. What I want to know about what are we? What's going to mean for other guys like uh, like Britain? What, what's going to happen? Well, Britain's got Tommy John, so you're not going to see Zach this oh, year, right. most likely, unfortunately. And he, um, Lucas said he enjoyed his time with him too. And like he got he he would talk to Chapman and he would pick all these guys' brains. And that he said it was he was still in kind of like a star-studded moment for him, like seeing judges. Like I could text judge and all that. But um, <laughs> here's the thing with the bullpen. I mean, Loisa is the unsung hero in that bullpen. He's the most underrated dude in there. One of the underrated uh, underrated relievers in baseball, I would say. Um, I think Albert Abreu is good. Obviously, obviously, I enjoy Lakey, so he's gonna be a big part of it again. He was huge for them last year. Threw 72 innings with ERA under three, like 78 strikeouts. He came up big in a lot of big spots. He had to pitch in a lot of high leverage situations. They ran his pitch count up to 40. He said he was willing to let it rise. A 34-year-old veteran. He's like, I'm all in there. I'm ready to put it all on the line at this point. So he's gonna have a big role again this year, I would think. And um. Michael King is an interesting guy, too. I think he's a Swiss Army knife in the sense uh, he could start or he could relieve. I personally like him better in the bullpen. Jamison Tyone is injured, but now with this delay, maybe he'll be good for opening day. It's one benefit, again, with these injuries. You can get guys back, but the other thing is you don't know how they're going to look because you haven't seen them. You can't see a team doctor, so you don't know how these rehabs are going. There's no updates, really, so that's the thing that's tough about this, and... And I would like to add someone else, but before we get to that talk, I know you'll ask me later. Luis Severino is going to be huge this year. He's going to be fully back. We'll see how many innings they let him go. Um, but as long as he doesn't get injured, that'll be good. And I really think Montgomery took a big step last year. So if he can continue to go up 
Um, I think they'll be just fine in there. You bringing up Michael King just reminded me of how upsetting it's going to be to not have spring training right now. He was one of the stories that I was just absolutely excited for. He was the one that really put on a show in spring training the year before. Uh, yeah. It was one of the stories that I definitely remember. And you bringing him up again, it's like, oh, we're not getting. I know Lakey was a stories. huge spring story too. I even told Lucas, I'm like, I remember spring like when we first started watching. I'm like, this is where you got our attention. I'm like, we got to get this guy in here. Like the pitch mix was nasty, his breaking stuff. Spring training builds some guys up like that, and now with this condensed version, whatever we end up getting, you're not gonna see as much as we did last year. Ugh. Absolutely. This is it's disheartening. Let's talk about the opposite side of the pitching here, who they're throwing the ball to, and that's that catching position. Obviously, we saw yeah. there's a lot of questions going on with that. You just said there was an issue with Kyle Higuizoshi. Oh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Kyle, you know, Higgy. I know that's that's what I always call him because I can never say his name right. Yeah, me uh, too, but honestly. I'll tell you what. A lot of people say there's some issues there with Gary Sanchez. You know, it's, it's either you hate him or you love him. Well, what's I know I'll say. Higaki Osha, the home run stroker. That's his call for John there it Sterling. Is. That's, 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 that's how you got to remember it. That's how you got to remember it. So, Higgy's all right. He's a backup, but his bat playing consistently is not great. That's the problem. He's really a boomer bust hitter. Uh, it's either a strike or a home run almost, but um, doesn't really get many other hits. But um, Sanchez, yeah, man, I mean, it's tough. Lucas did say it was one of the tougher at-bats he had when he had to face him, but... Uh, I'm not as concerned with his hitting, although it has dropped off. He's like, for a catcher, he's still above average hitting because the hitting catchers aren't that great. But the problem is his defense is still terrible. Like, his pitch setups, like, like the framing's improved a touch, but, like, the blocking the balls, like, the lapses and not tagging guys at the VR play, I'm sure you saw. That was an absolute nightmare. Like, he just doesn't – it doesn't all click for him at all times for some reason. Like, and I saw one play – he was the pop-up right behind the plate against Cleveland. He just botches it. Like, it's just so head-scratching. I just, we all want a better catcher at this point, but we don't have many options except if we're going to try to trade for someone. He does have one year left on his deal, so his time is ticking in every aspect now. This is really kind of it for him. There could very well be a new catcher next year, but I don't know if it's going to happen when we get baseball back. No, that's for sure. I know that there's definitely a lot of questions with his with his defense. Makes you wonder if they find a way to throw him into the DH role. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of batters for the Yankees that can be in DH. I know Stanton's one of them. Yeah. Uh, when you know guys like Hicks and stuff are healthy and they don't need him in the outfield. Uh, but this this team all around is star studded. I mean, it's the New York Yankees for Christ's sake. Let's talk about it. But um, you know, Aaron Judge should be coming back from a, a nice year. Stanton, when Stanton's that scene, that's another thing about Stanton. When I look at, you know, we talk about Yankees Twitter, they, you get so much you get so much love for Stanton or you get a lot of hate for him, you know, but he produced pretty well last year for the most part when he was healthy. Yeah, I actually really like him. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm on I'm on the side that likes him. Um, I really think that he's a great player. Last year he really showed us. Probably the best year he had in pinstripes. The rivals is 2018 year, which is also very good too. He's come up big in the playoffs a lot in, in the 2020 pandemic year. It gets lost because that was such a stupid season, and I hate almost everything about it. But one of the few things was that he produced in the playoffs. He had six homers in the, in the postseason, I think, or like six in the series. Like he was putting the team on his back, and he did it a lot last year too. There was um. When Judge wasn't there for short times, because Judge was very healthy last year, he stepped up. There was the COVID with Judge. That's the only reason he missed time. So Stanton was great. 
I think as long as he's healthy, he's great. I want to see him play the outfield more. He did well when he was out there, and I think it helped his offense too. Um, I know the way it's set up now is Gallo. Hicks is a bigger problem than him. And then you have Judge and Wright, and then you're going to DH Stanton. That's going to be how they're going to look. And I also think you haven't asked me yet, but I think Luke Voigt's as good as gone. Um, Stanton, I'm definitely excited for if he could, like I said, stay healthy. I think we'll see great things. Him and Judge are just a great combination. Yep, you just beat, beat me to the punch. Yeah, with Voight going to first base or at first base, you think he's going to be gone. I do agree with you. I think there's going to be some kind of change there at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, uh, you know, also another change in the infield, well, I guess more of a permanent discussion. They're saying Torres is better at second. They want mm-hmm. Torres at second base. But that looms a pretty big question for us, Julian. We're not going to have baseball, but we're going to have the minor league still. A lot of questions of what's going to happen at that shortstop position. There are a lot of great prospects for the Yankees at shortstop. Yeah, I want to talk about the minors, too, and we'll go deeper into that later. But um, I'm going to say a few things here. This infield alignment is such a puzzle to all Yankee fans. That's like the top offseason question we have more than anything. I think we're going to get a new first baseman. I think you're going to see Olsen, Freeman, or Anthony Rizzo. I'm almost guaranteeing one of the three. I don't think that's a bold take. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's realistic at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, I would say that maybe Olsen could happen. I think maybe Freeman's an outside shot. They do really have interest there. I don't know if they're going to go all the way up and get him, but they have interest. Um, and then Rizzo's the fallback. So I, that's how I see that going. And then... The shortstop, second, third conundrum. It's like a puzzle. You know, Torres has to play second base. We've all confirmed that he can't play shortstop. He's not going to be the guy next year over there. The problem is DJ's coming off this injury. He's not as good as a third baseman as he is a second baseman. We don't want DJ at first. You still have Gio Rochella, too, who's also a solid player, but he doesn't produce enough offensively for a third baseman. As much as I love his great defense, hustle, like he's a great glue guy. And him and Torres, their best friends, are completely opposite. I wish Torres had some of that Geo in him, but I don't know what's been going on with that. Torres has just been too lax and dazed all the time. So looks like he's sleepwalking and just doesn't get what's going on. But, like, uh, just, like, small plays, not hustling at certain times. But I think what's going to have to happen is DJ's going to be a third, Torres is going to be a second, and um, we're going to have to find a shortstop of some sort. And maybe Gio goes to that bench roll. Maybe Gio or Torres gets moved because um, LeMahieu's not going anywhere. I can tell you that much. There's no shot he's getting traded. So you've got to break it down to those two, maybe, and try to open up a spot. Yeah, and you, you, what we're missing here is still that puzzle, you know, puzzle piece. Is there a complete puzzle piece? that you hope to find in either free agency. Cause I know that there's a, you know, there's talks that there might be someone chasing after a Carlos Correa, Trevor story, or do you get to find it with a minor piece? Is there a minor leaguer, a shortstop right now who has the potential to be great defensively and great with the bat? Well, they have a bunch of them. The, the shortstop system is loaded. Now there's, there's a problem here. Oswald Peraza is that dude who is the closest and ready to step in, which is great, but he's not, he's on the 40 man. So he's affected with this lockout. He doesn't get to work and train, which is what Ugh. another thing I hate about this thing is that those guys that are on the fringe, those like 14 guys, they get screwed because they can't do anything and they're not even technically major leaguers. So they get the shit into the stick and yeah. on this whole thing and they're not making any money to boot. So those guys have it terribly rough. It's going to hurt Peraza's chances of being ready by opening day if there even was a shot. I think he'll end up starting in AAA, and he could very well be up quickly, maybe a month or two, depending how things go, if they want to do, like, service time stuff. But, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> damn. 
all right, so I'm good now. Um, <laughs> they want to do service time stuff and all that. Peraza is a, is a candidate. Anthony Volpe, who is going to be the star of Somerset, he's not quite there yet. He's very close. I think you could see him get the call up. I'll, I'll say this year, not this year. 2023, I think, is very realistic. That's very much in reach for him. Last year, he shot through Tampa. He shot through Hudson Valley. Now it's Somerset. Let's see how he gets through double A, because that's one of the bigger adjustment levels. If he gets through double A, you see him get the triple A maybe by the end of the year. But I don't think the Yankees don't like to rush their guys through. He's a first-round pick. He's a Jersey kid. He's got that cheater mentality. Not saying he's an exterior cheater, but the attitude's the same. He has that makeup. He has that quiet confidence. Like he has that leadership ability, I think. Um, people already have been impressed with maturity at such a young age. He has a lot of great qualities, and there's nothing he doesn't do well on the baseball field either. So he's going to be great. The one great thing is that he's going to have so much attention on him now with this lockout. He's going to be the star of the show in the Yankees organization now without the major leagues. Everyone's going to flock to Somerset. He's like a top 10 prospect in all of baseball now, like that 10-11 range. Um, that's exciting. Somerset. So you're saying that's where we're going to see him. So for all the fans who are going to watch minor leagues for the first time, probably if ever, <laughs> I know there's a lot of lot of people that have never really paid attention to minor we leagues. We need to I'm, get that focus yes. going. Everyone pay mm-hmm. attention to the minor leaguers. I agree. That's something that I've always paid attention to more than often. Uh, my location now is Virginia Beach, so I'm, I follow the Orioles organization more than always because the Norfolk Tides are like five minutes from my house. So I love Now, what level is that? Have you gotten to Triple see Alley Rutt? Oh, so yeah. you're going to see have. Rushman? I did. The last year, it was great. And I can't wait. If I get a chance to watch him again, as of right now, the Orioles don't have a catcher on their 40-man, at least not on the 40-man. So I will be able to see him if he does show up in Norfolk on April 5th. So I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, he should yeah. be in there. I don't see why he wouldn't. That guy's very cool. We, I actually saw him play once. He hit a bomb off Severino. So the guy's oh. legitimate. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski told me the same thing. He's like, yeah, Adley rushed from the beast. He's like, he hit a home run. Can't wall the truck. He just dropped his bat. Like, I want, I want him to do something cool so I can hate him. But he's such a nice guy and all that. Like, he's so respectful. He just, like, gets the job done. He's, like, the top prospect in all of baseball now. So that's yeah. very exciting for you. You get to see they have Grayson Rodriguez, a few other guys too. Yep. Um, oh man, they have yeah, a lot I, of good guys there. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll have uh, Nick Stevens on for from the Verge, uh, a Baltimore prospect uh, podcast and website on in a couple couple days, and I'm I'm really excited to talk more Baltimore, Adley, Grayson, all those guys are should be coming to Norfolk this year, which I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, minor league baseball is going to be where it's at just because we're not going to have, there's a possibility we might not have the majors in April. We're going to have the minors in April mm-hmm. and minor league baseball is not, is, is just as exciting. It really is. The only, the only implications that are different is that you don't have high paying multimillionaire players on the field. You don't have Mike Trouts, but you have the future Mike Trouts. You don't yes. have Aaron Judge, but you have the future mm-hmm. Aaron Judge. I will say this, from double A up, you really start to see major league talent. Like, from the A lower, it's a little bit different. Like, you don't know a lot of those guys. Like, even me, myself, it's like, it was a different experience. Like, I went to Somerset a few times. I got to see some rehab guys. I saw Clark Schmidt go. That was cool. Um, Corey Kluber, I didn't see, but he pitched through there. Like, But now that's not going to happen because of 40-man complications. But that is another thing of double A. It's cool. Uh, you get a lot of guys that are on the verge. And then Hayden and... um. Ken told me that that's the biggest adjustment level. You got to start using your full arsenal. Like in the lower levels, you could rely on just like heat sometimes to get people, but you got to mix in your breaking pitches. Like double A people are aggressive. Like they want to make that jump up. Like they're all ready to go. So 
Triple A is like you're really right there. Like then you have guys that play in the major leagues. So you got to focus on that. Focus on your lower levels. And that's how we're going to get through this. Pump them up. Get that content out there because that's something that needs to be spread. I also want to see better conditions for the minor leaguers too. I'm a big advocate for that. I don't really like the low salaries. I'm not going to pay for spring training. It's a bunch of nonsense to me and like all that. Absolutely. I completely agree with 100%. We, I am a huge minor league advocate. Let's stay on this conversation real quick. We just talked about the shortstop position. That's going to be one of the most exciting. There's a name that I have heard over and over again for a couple of years now in the Yankees organization. I want to know when he's going to make his debut or when he's going to make it up to the Yankee system, if ever. That's Jason Dominguez. What's All going right, on with this guy? Let's get to Jason. So Jason's expectations, I guess I've taken a touch of a hey, if you want me to be realistic here. I still think he's going to be good. Um, he's Anthony Volpe passed him in our in our prospect ranking. And I think Ozzy, Oswald Peraza might have as well. So Dominguez in this that two or three range. He's still a top uh, 100 in baseball. I think he's ranked 19th, I want to say, in MLB. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going to start the season with the Tampa Tarpon. So he's going to be in low A ball. I would think that he can make the jump to Hudson this year. I would hope. If he doesn't, I might be a touch concerned. So at least he's got to get to Hudson this year. If he gun, if he gets through Hudson, I guess there's a slight chance he can make the summer set. I think that would be his peak this year. Get to double A. I think the single A is a nice floor, more realistic for him. We're going to be in 2022 now. So I would say two to three years you could see him in the show if I had to take a rough guess it's so tough to guess these guys they're like still younger and stuff I mean here's the thing with Dominguez he he really got hurt with the COVID year he lost the year of development a lot of minor leaguers did he think he could have been ahead of where he was now I think he was practicing the DR a lot during this time but um he still got the package of tools he could be very good there's, I think the only thing, people were slightly concerned about his frame, maybe being too big to play center field. I think he may have cut down a little bit, but the power is there. You hear the way the ball comes off his bat, the throwing arm, the speed, like all that stuff that you like is still there for him. He just needs to get more consistent. I agree. Completely agree. Um, so, Dominguez, you're saying he's going to take a little longer. I agree with that. I can see that happen. I've heard his name way too much not to ask, though. Any other minor leagues really on your radar that people should know about when minor yeah. leagues come about? I have someone that's under the radar that people might not know. It's a top fi- He's not even a top 50, I don't think, which I don't really even understand. How about um, a guy named Sean Boyle? Everyone check out Sean Boyle. Uh, got to talk to him as well, and I'm not even being biased here. Boyle went, he pitched in all four levels last year. He went to low A, high A, double A, triple A. He went through all of them. Like He did around 20 innings in each stop. He was his best in triple A, too. The guy is a workhorse. He, um... He has a book on analytics with his father. It's called, um, I think it's pitching applied pitching technology, and that's the book. It is. Um, he's really into all that stuff. He's got a lot of. He's he's learns a lot of pitches. He's got like good sinking stuff. Uh, he relies on his movement to get people out. He's not really a velocity guy. He needs his location to be well, but he's very in sync with what's going on, like his body, his his routine. Like he's very result oriented and um. He's probably going to end up starting in AAA, I would assume, because of everything going on. And I think him, Hayden, Ken Waldachuk, those are three pitchers I really like in the system. Luis Medina is someone to pay attention to. Um, Luis Hill, unfortunately, is on the 40, so you're not going to get to see him. Actually, Medina might be too. i got to check that one. But um, those are some guys I would say. And then Everson Pereira is an outfield prospect you got to look out for. And then Austin Wells too. Those are the main guys I would focus on. 
Austin Wells, that's another one to be t- paying attention to, definitely. He just drafted in the 2020 draft, right? Mm-hmm. He was the first rounder in 2020. Right. Arizona State, Arizona. Which one? It was it? Arizona. I'm Arizona. I'm curious about Medina now. I got to check that one. I got to ask while you're, while you're looking that up, I got to ask. Um, now, with the fact that we just lost the 2020 season for the most of these minor leaguers, now they're yeah, coming Medina's back. Yeah, Medina's on it, by the way. Ah, dang. That yeah, sucks. Yeah, which stinks. What do you think about, do you think there's going to be a lot of aggressive assignments for these minor leaguers this year? Do you think we're going to see that because of the missing COVID 2020 season for them? Yeah, um, yeah. so I think you're going to see, like, the guys I talked about, although they could have been AAA anyway. Like, you're talking about guys getting bumped up because there's no 40-man people, right? Like, I think you're going to see some stuff like that. You're going to have to fill these gaps. That's one thing I'm worried about. Like, are we going to be rushing people because of the lack of people to the 40-man? You're losing 15 guys out of your system, basically. 14 that could have been spread out across the system. So you got to fill these holes somehow. But it does create opportunities for other players we wouldn't see. So that's another positive of this. There's not many positives with the situation. So we're going to take all of them we can get. We're going to get to see some new talent at all the levels. Like, you're going to get to see what guys can do. They're going to be The pressure is going to be on quickly for the minor leaguers. It's their time. The spotlight's on. Absolutely. Julian, you can find all of your – you had some fun – you had some fun interviews for a couple minor layer guys. You can find him on his YouTube at Grunt Talks MLB. Congratulations, by the way. Three million views on your YouTube page. That's outstanding. Um, absolutely incredible. Keep that up, my friend. Um, but yes, one more question before I let you go, if you don't mind. Uh, we, we talk about the New York Yankees, you know, you talk about the possibility of some free agent signings for maybe, you know, bringing Rizzo back, getting mm-hmm. Freddie Freeman. Like crazy seeing Freddie Freeman in pinstripes if that happens. Oh, that'd be um, sick. Maybe, I hope so. <laughs> maybe trading for a Chapman. Any other names of possibility when the lockout's over of a free agent signing or possible trade? Yeah, so um, here I'm going to say I want to say Olsen, not Chapman, because I don't think Chapman's oh, as much right. as a fit Olsen. with the Yankees. I know you knew. So, like, I mean, if they want to get Matt Chapman, you got to move Gio, and he play him third base. Don't put Chapman in shortstop. That's Don't don't reinvent yeah. the wheel. Like, stop, like, moving their positions around. Like, it hasn't been working <laughs> well. So, yeah, Olsen, Freeman would be nice. But two names I'm looking for, and I want to see them pull the trigger on one of these guys. I'm not sure if they will, but. Um, I'm going to give you one to fill the shortstop gap for now. Trevor Story on a shorter deal, maybe. And then you have him shift off shortstop potentially. I don't want to see Angelson Simmons. I know that's been like the nightmare of Yankees Twitter. I don't want that at all. Really <laughs> hope that one doesn't happen. But I guess it's possible, unfortunately. Maybe they could train from uh, Kiner Falefa from the Rangers. He could be a possibility to fill some time for a little bit. There's Iglesias who was with Boston had the stop gap, but. I hope we get story in that sense. And then the pitcher I really want, and I think you've seen me talk about him a lot, although I'm not sure how much because I, I was typing him up, I think, a little bit before you joined Twitter, but I still do it here and there. It's Carlos Rodzone. I really want the Yankees to sign Rodzone because he's the best guy left out there. It's a realistic guy. He's only going to cost money. He wants to trade and give up assets for him. Um, that's the guy I'm looking to get. I want a lefty behind Garrett Cole to fill that number two hole because Luis Severino, we don't know what he can be still, unfortunately. Hasn't pitched in oh, like three or four years now. I'm losing track of like when he's really pitched bulk innings. It's been a long time. Um, and then you have um, maybe 2019. And then you have um, Montgomery, I think, is a great third starter, not as well as a second. Um, so I'd love to see Rodson fill that gap. Uh, Carlos Manaya. 
I'm not wow. Sean Maniac or um, Chris Bassett could be an, an asset attached if you get Matt Olsen, maybe. Those are some names I will look for potentially. That's how I'm viewing things. I can't believe Oakland's going to blow it up. It's going to be really exciting to see what happens with that team. And I would not expect, or I would not be surprised if uh, one of them do become a New York Yankee. Julian, thanks so much for joining me on this episode for the New York Yankees and talking about uh, and helping me complain about this lockout. What do you got going on coming up? I know you're heading to Florida here soon, so be safe travels on your flight. Uh, Thank you. Unfortunately, there's no spring training for you, uh, but what you else got coming up? Well, okay, so first off, I want to say YouTube, I believe, we're Grunt Sports now. I know we, we change the name sometimes, so check the Grunt Sports. We're closing on 10,000 subs. Uh, we're on Instagram as Grunt Talks Team. You have us on Twitch, and that's Grunt Talks MLB, and you have us on Twitter, obviously, and then you're going to have TikTok as well. So we're on a bunch of different platforms, Facebook. Um, my personal is Julian Guardi 1 on Twitter, and then Instagram is Julian Guardi 11. Just wanted to plug those quick. So here's the thing with what's going on now. I actually have a couple fun things potentially. So next week on Tuesday through Thursday, if I'm lucky enough, I'm going to get to go to the minor league camp and hopefully get to get some stuff out of there. Um, the problem is there's a little restrictions, I think, now because they put in this effect with the Rule 5. They don't want certain things being scattered, I think. So I got to see if I can get through there, hopefully. Then I got a little scoop, and we're going to see what happens with this one. This one's interesting. Um, a friend of mine told me that there's an area in Tampa Bay that you have, like, DJ LeMahieu working out, Gary Sanchez, like, Ramsey Rose Arena, like, a few other big leaguers that Whoa. I might try to get my eyes on that and see if I can uncover some secret workouts, maybe. I don't know where, <laughs> when, how, but that we'll see if I can pull that one through. That would be pretty big, I guess. But, um, yeah, so that's what's up. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so for all the names for your socials, um, it'll be in the show notes below. Make sure we got the ones you're following. Just he said you changed names, so definitely want to make sure you're, if you want to get a hold and follow him, subscri please subscribe to him. Check out his views. It's fantastic. Uh, arguably one of the best follows on, on baseball Twitter, not just Yankee Twitter. That's Mr. Julian right here. So thank definitely you. pay attention to him. Uh, my, the pleasure's all mine. So thank you so much for joining. Again, if you if you get some if you get some scoops, on DJ LeMayhew working out. Oh, man. Tag me in those. I want to see those first, my friend. That is amazing. I yeah, we didn't even talk about the Internet Baseball Association oh, that's right. either. That's so right. we're going to get that going. I'm happy to join now. So we'll definitely start tagging them and more stuff. And then yes. the other thing I want to say is I'm happy you referred to me as a baseball person, not just Yankees, because that's oh, something yes. like people have been. I think that's starting to break out of that mold. I think people thought it was just Yankees in the beginning. And like, you know, Keith on the fan was like a baseball follow. I'm like, yeah, like Yankees is my thing, but it's baseball. Like, it's not just Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. Now you have a great you have a great community with Yankees Twitter. I'll give you that. But you know baseball very well. If I if I need something, you're 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 a go to guy on social media for sure. And I, I recommend everybody to do the same. Julian Glarty one on Twitter. Please do. But yeah, IBWAA, my friend. Welcome to the club. I'm so excited that you are a part of the Internet Baseball Writers Association. Uh, myself and Billy Graves, part of Slasher Sports, are on there too. Welcome to the club, man. It's a great community. I'm excited. Thank you. And I know you were one of the first person to reach out to me when I joined up. So that was very cool. I think he's the one that got me on there, actually. He's the one that sent me that direction because I started talking to him and then like he told me more about it because I was always curious. I should have said it a while ago, but I feel like the time's right now So with all yes. this stuff going on. So it's perfect.
That's right. Time is right. That's what I'm talking about. Julian, thanks again so much for joining me. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Route Report. Always a blast talking to Julian. Always a blast talking to the Yankees. It's a blast of the past for me. But that'll do it for us here. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hopefully we come back Monday with a good deal. Uh, maybe on the weekend. Maybe over the weekend we'll find it. Yeah, but if bro. not, ugh. Yes. Let's hope for the best. I appreciate you having me and all the positive things you said. So I'm looking forward to talking more and doing some collab projects. Like maybe we'll have you on our show soon. We gotta get some things going. Um, I do like that hat, by the way. That pitching ninja hat's pretty sick, and it's it's Yankees color. So I see what you got that Yankee swag still. Okay. All right. (laughs) So it's it's really it's old Dominion colors, but I'll take the Yankees color for for you. I'll say it's Yankee colors, but it's. I'm rocking my alma mater, uh, ODU, for that one. But I'll let you have that, too. Thanks, Julian. Thanks so much for joining. That'll wrap it up here. Have a good night. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Tune in weekdays for more of the Rao Reports. traveling this summer make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from harris teeter it's easy download your evic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your vic card you'll get two fuel points that's up to one dollar per gallon on quality fuel at participating bp and harris teeter fuel centers download your evic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with evic and harris teeter fuel points Staying at a hotel is not the same thing as staying at the Fisher House. The Fisher House, I know, is a huge part of land recovery. For somebody like my husband, for them to know that their family members are being taken care of, that's a huge burden off of them. So they can concentrate on their therapies. Just having that assurance that no matter what, as long as we were there for Anson, that someone would be there to take care of us. It took so much weight off our shoulders. How can you help? Go to fisherhouse.org.